0: in rooted, there's the spiritual component. How do you want to feel sacred on your own terms? How can you be not only doing your business tasks, you know, delivering a webinar from a rooted place, from a sacred place, and then also life at the grocery store, you know, your kid gets in trouble and you're called into the principal's office. How are you advocating from a rooted place? How are you embodied in those moments? So yes, in, in business, absolutely. Let's say you have You know, a client requesting a refund or like all these issues that we have that come up in our business, right? How do we handle those from a rooted place? And then it trickles out into life. How do we also live our lives from a rooted place?
1: You're listening to Social Slowdown, a podcast for entrepreneurs and micro-businesses looking for sustainable marketing strategies without being dependent on social media. I'm your host, Meg Casebolt, and I have a new book coming out called Social Slowdown. It's taking all of the 80 plus interviews that we've done so far in this podcast series and turned it into something that's a little bit more easily digestible. It will be available on July 27th, 2023 and it'll only be $4 on Kindle and $9 on paperback. So I would love, love, love if you could support the podcast by going on Amazon and buying the book. If you pre-order it, I would especially appreciate that because that would help us get to a bestseller status. Even if you don't read it, that's okay. So if you want to get your copy of the Social Slowdown book, head on over to socialslowdown.com slash book and get that today. Now let's get back to the podcast, which is all about finding creative, sustainable ways to engage with the audience without needing to lip sync, send cold DMs, run ads, or be available 24-7. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Social Slowdown Podcast. I am here today with Marissa Lawton. We're here to talk about Marissa's newest venture, Rooted. So thank you for being here with me today, Marissa.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. I always love
1: chatting with you. I know, I'm so excited for this. Um, Now, I specifically wanted to talk to you about what you're working on now. I know that you've spent the past couple of years building kind of a more traditional online business with the funnels and the launches and the Facebook ads and the big everything. And that was a freaking lot for you. you talk a little bit about like sort of that transition from the more traditional business model into what you're doing now with Rooted?
0: It's so funny because in business and in my life, I've always done like what's not cool. Like you know, early 2000s, like let's all have like highlighted streaked, straight, like pencil straight hair. And I'm like rocking, you know, curls or whatever. Like I've just always been in a against the grain person. You're rebellious. A little bit maybe. And it shows up in business. Like, you know, um, I've run a high ticket, high touch program for six years now. Um, And we know, like, you know, with the slow funnels and it was like, sell the, sell the low ticket and, You know, it's the year of low tech and all this stuff. And I've just always kind of done what I wanted to do. Um, Everybody was making their program shorter. I took the same program from six months to nine months and made it longer and asked people to spend more time with me, you know. So I've always done what I wanted, basically. And it's worked out well for me. And now I'm making the pivot. You'll see everywhere on like all the Facebook ads, like you mentioned, are talking like high ticket this and high ticket that. (laughs) Here I am now moving into something low ticket. Um, So it's just interesting. Basically, I decided to make that shift because um, while I love my existing program and I love the cohort model It requires quite a bit of an investment for me. I do have a graphic designer who is on staff and helps. And I have a copywriter on staff who helps. Before I had them, I did that all myself. Um, So I, I started making strategic hires to relieve myself a bit, but I still spend at least 10 hours a week in delivering the program. Right. So like in my business, that doesn't count any of my on my business.
1: time. And I want to explain since I, I kind of like glossed over at the beginning, the program okay. that you've been running for the last six years is helping therapists to take their in-person private practice and have some sort of online component. So that way they don't get as burned out doing one to one in-person therapy. Right. Um, And so that program is very, very hands on because you're helping them build webinar funnels and digital courses and offers and sales pages and doing the copywriting and doing the design and building the websites. And there's, it's a very hands-on program, which is beautiful and gets great results. But also like you're saying, like because you're hands-on because your team is hands-on it's mentally and emotionally a lot. It's very draining for you. It's very time consuming for you.
0: It is. And, for, for different reasons, I've set my program up in a way that I've had coaches tell me, oh, you don't have to do it this way. But my audience is very particular. I'm a former practicing therapist as well. Like I understand this audience. I know that they want a closed cohort. I know that they want small group. So mm-hmm. I run multiple calls so that they have a small group feel and, you know, that's intentional, but it also doesn't always serve. So when I was thinking about what's my next venture in business and bringing on my own side hustle, because I'm still running that brand. It's not like I've closed anything down, but I knew as I, and I don't know if I love the word pivot because I'm not, pivot to me implies I'm like turning my back, which I'm not, right? I'm still You're expanding. Yeah. That's a better word. I love that. So in this expansion. I didn't want to expand the same way. I didn't want to bring on another high-touch program, even though it's what I'm very good at and what I'm known for. I wanted to do it differently in a way that preserved some energy, in a way that filled me as much as it drew from me.
1: Yeah. And I think especially like you, I think the word that comes to mind for me about this is like a more spiritual, more intuitive yeah. approach to this. Mm-hmm. So even though you weren't following that, like, you know, self liquidating enough or into blah, 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 right. blah, like that sort of like heavy masculine energy funnel of, um, get as many people as possible onto your list and 10 X and blah, 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 you know, like right. there's a lot of guru energy there. Yes. Um, and you never really bought into that, but your approach to life, is very woo is very spiritual and so when because you and I were in a mastermind together with Jacqueline Mm -hmm. that was how we met um I've had Jacqueline on the podcast and I've been on her podcast so it's like oh yeah Jacqueline but you know you and I met while you were building out rooted and you really wanted it to have a very different slower Mm -hmm. approach
0: yeah I love that you bring that in because it's like A lot of people build their lives around their businesses, like their Mm. business is what they do and then they're fitting their life in around it. And I have, I think I've always kind of taken the other approach, but really when I brought rooted, it really was very intentional. What I built out my white space before I put my business on the calendar, Mm. I built out my life space before I put anything rooted on the calendar, which was a flip for me. And I, and even though I was already kind of on this track, so I imagine it's a big flip for a lot
1: of people. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of us start there with it, with not just what is the white space and when is my work time, but we have to sort of break through these, these cultural patriarchal capitalist, like, Um, well, when I worked in an office, I worked from eight 30 to five every day. And so those are my working hours. And that is when I should be expected to be at my desk. And what I'm hearing you say is like, even before making this expansion, you, you struggled a bit with that, but with side hustle um, with your existing business that has Always been, it, it had started in a very similar capitalistic driven mm-hmm. way of mm-hmm. like, well, if I if I'm at my desk, I have to be working in these hours and da, da, da. Yes. and you, I think part of the transition of being able to slow down with side hustle and to pull it back to being able to be delivered in ten hours a week was some of that recognition of. I don't need to work a 40 hour, 50 hour work week exactly. to be successful. I don't need, you know, I don't need to create new programs all the time. I have a successful program that I can continue to run and deliver and just have new people coming into it. Um, and that's a much, I don't want to say anti-capitalist cause it's not, but it's a, a, a slower ease based approach mm-hmm. versus the business called side hustle that had has not quite such a hustle culture as many other businesses. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: so funny because I can see the common threads between the two things. So Rooted is designed for us to step into our feminine energy on a daily basis. Like mm. there's a difference between rooting and grounding. That's a good place to start, right? Grounding, like go do your grounding exercises, right? We've all heard about that, like ground down, or whatever. It's really an in the moment response or practice to do when you are feeling triggered or when you are feeling Mm -hmm. like your nervous system is aroused, right? So you then go do the grounding exercise. Rooting is living from that place all the time and embodying that all the time. I am rooted. I don't need to go ground because I'm already rooted, right? So there's a, a difference. So whereas inside Hustle, I was empowering women to make money on their own terms, to to create this lifestyle on their own terms and rooted there's the spiritual component. Mm -hmm. There's how do you want to feel sacred on your own terms? How can you be not only doing your business tasks, you know, delivering a webinar from a rooted place, from a sacred place. And then also life at the grocery store, you know, your kid gets in trouble and you're called into the principal's office. How are you advocating from a rooted place? How is that sacred? How is that? How are you embodied in those moments? So yes, in, in business, absolutely. Let's say you have, you know, a client requesting a refund or like all these issues that we have that come up in our business, right? How do we handle those from a rooted place? And then it trickles out into life. How do we also live our lives from a rooted place?
1: And how did you come to find this like within your own business? And how did you recognize that this was something that you're uh, not even like Target audience, because I feel like therapists, as as a culture, may already have some of this knowledge mm-hmm. just from their some of it. Um, but like, how did you recognize that this was a business opportunity and not just something that you personally were embracing?
0: Well, I think that's the difference, right? With side hustle, I went out and I did the market analysis and I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a therapist. What are the problems I've had in this career? Da, 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 da. How could I introduce an offer to solve a problem in the market? Where are the gaps, etc. With rooted, it wasn't like that with mm-hmm. rooted it, you know, to get real woo. It was almost like a channel. Like I received this, like this is a way of being and living And then I put it into practice for myself, and then I monetized it, right? Because I was like, well, if I'm interested in this, there might be other people that are interested in it. So it wasn't the traditional, like, let me go research the market. Let me go do validation, all of that stuff, which I know on a business podcast is not always what we want to hear because we like we like the step by steps or the this is what is guaranteed to work, you know, and I'm kind of saying well, that's not how I did it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think we we quote unquote, we like that mm-hmm. because sometimes it feels like um, action feels more tangible. Right. But we don't always tap into that like body compass moment of how does this how do I feel about doing this? Mm-hmm. how do i want this to feel some of those less tangible more intuitive hits that we get that we ignore because we've been told that this is the way that you are supposed to be doing things and one of the big things that i find myself talking about regularly on this podcast isn't just about social media isn't just about traditional marketing it's much more like well who says Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why? And there are hundreds of marketing podcasts out there that would say, oh, I'll just follow this 10 step approach and you'll have a, an evergreen webinar and then you never have to do a sales call again. And right. my sort of rebellious reaction to all of that is like, but how does that feel? Is that what I want? Is that how I want to feel? Is that how I want my clients to feel? Is that how I want to be running my business? Is that how I want to be spending my time? And it sounds like a lot of what you were experiencing and what you're sort of teaching now is like, maybe that's not necessarily the way to make those decisions. And if you have the market analysis, and if you if that's how your brain works, and you see those gaps, that's fine. But then we also have to tap into some of that gut stuff.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like in the patriarchal society and in capitalism, we're rewarded for everything neck up. We're Mm. We're rewarded for our analytical mind. We're rewarded for critical thinking. We're rewarded for all of that. Well, in the work that I did kind of on my personal journey and that I'm bringing into Rooted, it's like, there is a whole source of wisdom in the body. There is. And so there's there's science that backs this up. They have measured the neural activity. We, we think neural activity of brain. There's neural activity in our hearts. There's neural activity in our guts. And so there, there's this argument that we actually have multiple brain centers in the body, not just this head brain, that wisdom can come from the heart that lights up on an MRI, just like the brain might, or wisdom can come from the gut, just like what represents what lights up on an MRI, like the brain might, right? So, in ancient, like feminine, this is this is what rooted addresses, like ancient feminine wisdom. We've known this all along, right? We know women are intuitive. We know that there we that women used to have oracle abilities, and when people were planning government like governments, there was an Oracle at the table, right? So this is stuff that has been lost that I want to help people reclaim. And you can reclaim this in your business by, yes, of course, there is a time to have your analytical mind online. You need to be able to read your metrics. You need to be able to see your KPIs, your all that, right? But also let's say we've, we've mentioned webinars a couple of times here. Like, let's say you're like, what's my next webinar going to be? You know, you could go in with your analytical mind. Okay my last five pieces of content were this, this got the most views or the most clicks or whatever. So this one seems to be the best. I'm going to create my webinar around this. Or you could sit with your body and say, what do I feel is the right answer to create this webinar? What do I feel like would serve my audience best? And it's just a different way of making those
1: decisions. I don't think it has to be either or it can be let me go look at the content. Let me look at the analytics. Let me listen to my body. Let me have conversations with my audience and let me come to an informed decision using all of the data that's available to me, whether that is the quantitative data that I can measure and see or the qualitative data, qualitative data, which is anecdotal or that is intuitive or that and I think a part of it too is not even just like what do people need to hear but like what do I feel like I want to deliver because if I'm showing up for something like a webinar I don't want to feel resentful of the topic just because that's something that people chose because when you show up resentful you hear it you feel it people are less likely to buy if they're like well she's not into this
0: And in my work, I would take it three, three levels. I would do the quantitative, like you talked about the qualitative that's coming from the surveys and the feedback and all that. And then I would take it to the mystical, right? Mm. What does my intuition say? What does my sixth sense say about this? Right. So that I think is where a, a really like magical place to operate a business from. And I don't think I would ever operate my business 100% from that place, though I know people who do let like that only make more like mystical guided decisions or whatever. But I think that there's something to bringing that in yeah. to the way that we've traditionally run business. And maybe you're, Maybe you're like 60% traditional, 40% mystical, or maybe you're like 90% traditional, 10% mystical. But I think that there is a degree that we can bring this in, especially as female entrepreneurs who have access to these magics, whatever, like you can huh. use whatever word you want to use, but this it, it's it's a skill set. Mm-hmm. It is. Listening to your intuition is a skill set that we have been told for generations is evil or is stupid or is whatever, but it's just as legitimate as this analytical learning how to read a spreadsheet, et cetera. It is a skill set that we can cultivate and we can bring more mysticism, more magic into our businesses and we can decide what degree we want that to be. Like I said, some, but some people going to be like listening to this and be like, I want all of
1: that. It's going to be like, mm, maybe just a touch. Right. Yeah. And I think you don't even have to tell other people if this is something that you want to start exploring, right? Like you can, um, you know, like I I have on my desk, my like my stack of to-do lists and then I have it right next to my tarot cards because sometimes I just want that little like intuitive hit to be like, okay, what am I thinking about today? How am I feeling about this idea today? And how is that going to influence, you know, like sort of just like journaling prompts or debriefs in the same way. Like, I don't think that this has to be, you know, either or all or nothing. I loved when you said like, some people will be 40%, some people will be 90%, you know, Um, but it's okay to do some of this. So as you're teaching this, like, what is the the method that you are pulling new people into your world around this messaging?
0: Yeah. So I'm still kind of using traditional marketing. Like I have a quiz set up, people can take, um, figure out what season of this journey are you on? Because there's there's some different stuff. Even the quiz is
1: a little woo. (laughs) Like, yeah, you can say traditional marketing, but then you can still make it feel a certain way. So
0: the key right here in the beginning of my funnel is insight, right? Like, oh, there's a different way of thinking about business. There's a different way of operating in life. Like, Like, so it's an aha, right? And so an insight oriented opt-in, right? If we're going to use like businessy language, (laughs) you know, and then they're invited into my world through kind of that insight portal that I've created. So yeah, I'm absolutely doing traditional things with a mystical flair, with a sacred flair. And I think that that's how you arrive at this rooted place, at this place of making those basic moments more magical making those basic moments and kind of like saturating them with sacredness making them feel I, I, this word can be controversial but like holy right like business can be holy business can be sacred oh,
1: i love that yeah i don't have to decide where to go with this so I want to talk a little bit more about like bringing, bringing the holy into the traditional marketing, especially because even though you say traditional marketing, I would say that you use traditional marketing channels, but you still use them in in like a feminine way. Mm -hmm. So yes, like you have a TikTok strategy. Mm -hmm. And part of that is let me tap into the algorithm. Let me see what you know, what's working, let me look at my metrics. And part of it is collaborations and going like who already has an audience that I exactly. can, you know, create content with them together. And I would say that the, the analytical side of it is more masculine of like, well, when should I post in order to get maximum reach? But then yeah. there's also that like feminine collaboration going on at the same time. It can be both even on the same channel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so a good way to think about this in business terms is like masculine is the container that sets the parameters and then feminine is the energy to play. So, um I know that uh, like on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, right? Like here is my content strategy. On Instagram on Monday I do a feed post. On Tuesday I do a reel. Wednesday I go live. Thursday's another reel. Friday is a carousel, right? That's your masculine. That's your container, that's your structure but what you how you're showing up to that reel what content you make what what you how you play within that structure is the feminine so you can i think you should have both in business right i think you should have both in your life even though i'm teaching feminine and really helping people reclaim that energy because we've been cut off from it for so long there still is a time and place and a necessity for masculine as well um Another flavor of feminine is communal, right? Masculine is going to be individual, you know, so let me go out and do this solo webinar. Feminine is going to be like a JV webinar where you're- oh, this joint of
1: venture the- webinar. Let me just- Joint, joint venture. Not everyone's, not everyone's a-, a- you know, webinar person. So right. yes, you, like I would say to you, Marissa, do you want to come into my audience and present to my audience about this? And I would host you in that yes. space and introduce you. And then chances are, I'd probably get some sort of affiliate payout if people join through your link from that. Right. So it would be this joint collaboration of both of us making money from the same audience by Doing this introduction, right? Right. That's that there. It's still money making. It's still revenue generating, but it's collaborative and communal versus just like, well, let me throw some Facebook ads on to get people into the funnel and then drive them into the webinar and then automate the thing. And, you know, like it's, it's, and it's also the communal space of let's engage with each other in real life, in real time versus the over automation that we sometimes see. Other examples. Not that there's anything wrong with evergreen webinars. I'm not trying to make it sound right. like that. It's the, it's the like depersonalization that I, I have issues with.
0: Yeah. And so getting out of webinar space, we see this also with bundles and summits, right? Mm-hmm. That's a way of collaborative energy. But even to execute a summit, for instance, you still need to figure out what the dates are. You need to put together the promo copy. You need to put together the speaker agreement. Like all of that is creating the container for the summit to happen. It's still masculine, right? But then when you're getting on and you're interviewing that person and you're having those conversations. And then maybe you have like a QA and a call where everybody shows up at the end. And like, it's this, this collaborative communal feeling, like come and join us. So mm. there's a structure that's masculine, but then the feeling of the event itself, the way it serves the audience,
1: the topics potentially that you're discussing um, that can all have feminine energy. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, I think sometimes when we say like traditional marketing, because you even mm-hmm. said like I still market traditionally. Yeah. And I didn't really think of you as traditional marketing because it's You're not saying, like, okay. I mean, it. like the alternative to me would be like either, you know, I don't know what the alternative to traditional marketing is. Maybe it's my definition that we're talking about here. But I think about you having a podcast, you having Mm -hmm. these collaborations. And I would say, you know, an email marketing, like all to me, it's not even traditional. It's like those are the channels that are available to us as digital strategists, as digital marketers. But the way that you show up can be different and the, the messaging and the audience that you're trying to receive and the topics that you're discussing, yeah. like it's really strange to think of like, let's do a moon circle traditionally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think, I think that's a really cool way to think about it. And I'm, I'm grateful for you helping me have a reframe around it. Because <laughs> yeah. It is like, there's, there's the channel that, that is an option and there's some that are used, more frequently than others or some that are more popular than others that mm-hmm. go in and out of style or in and out of trend than others. But a, you get to choose that channel and B you get to choose how you use that channel.
1: Right. You could have a masculine podcast or a feminine podcast. You're going to have, you know, d- depending on the circles that you're running and the topics that you're talking about, mm-hmm. there are ways that you can make the same platform Perform in different ways, reach yeah. different people based on what it is that they need from you.
0: Right. And I think also the intention. Mm. So, you know, we've been talking about marketing, but like the intention of, you know, the goal in your business. So one way to figure out if you're in um, masculine energy in your business versus feminine in your energy in your business is let's say you have a launch goal or something. Are you determined to achieve that goal? Or are you devoted to them, right? Determination is a much more masculine energy. It's penetrative, it's achievement oriented, right? Versus I'm so devoted to this. I'm devoted to this program. I'm devoted to this audience. I'm devoted to the experience that's going to happen when I run this program, et cetera. That's going to have a feminine energy to it. So even the way you approach other tasks not necessarily marketing related, you can still feel the energy of what you're doing in your business.
1: See, I always joke that like, sometimes I get a little bit loose in terms of my structure and I have to have a structured team in order to hold me in place. So it's like, I'll record this episode with you and I'll let it kind of go wherever it is that you and I want to go. But then I have to go into ClickUp and be like, all right, here's the link. So that way, you know, Jocelyn can go download it. And then when she's done, she'll hit it off to Sheena and Sheena will send you this. Or you, you know, like the team takes the structure. Yeah. So I don't have
0: to. exactly
1: um, Because if I had to go edit the podcast and create the graphic, the podcast wouldn't happen.
0: So get this, get this. This is what I just thought of. Okay, remember, like, because you and I have been in business for around the same time, like member in like 2018, 2019, probably pre-pandemic. It was like, allow yourself to be the visionary. Right, You're mm. building this team so that you can step into that CEO role or that visionary role. Oh, you
1: know what it was? It was Gina Wickman's Rocket Fuel that started yeah, yeah. This. The book of it that was like, you have to be the visionary CEO exactly. and then you need to have an integrator in your business exactly. to take care of the operations.
0: Yeah. But what's an oracle? An oracle <laughs> is somebody who has visions. I'm just saying. So what are you doing when you're in that visionary role? You're putting yourself in your feminine and you're allowing the team or the systems or the whatever mm-hmm. to hold the masculine structure. You're literally becoming a visionary. You're becoming a fucking business oracle, okay? <laughs> Like, that's what's happening. So... That's an idea. That's an example of how we can have feminine in our business. And it doesn't have to be hustle, grind, achieve, reach the next um, monetary amount. I know this is something you're passionate about as well as like, who says that our revenue has to grow every year? Who says that this amount of money is what makes me have a successful business? Maybe you're choosing to have a revenue of whatever. Maybe it's 60% of last year. But you are giving your energy to, to, you know, a volunteer cause. You're giving your energy to your family. You're giving your energy somewhere else that matters more to you than that revenue. Yeah. Right?
1: So how, based on this, based on these kinds of revelations that you've had in your own life, how they applied to a more, you know, I'm going to say traditionally structured business. Yeah. And now you're moving into the the larger audience lower cost mm-hmm. lower touch larger group feeling of rooted yeah how are you spending your time doing this yeah.
0: yeah so um right now I'd say like I have a lot more white space but that white space is still kind of business focused because the bit the business that side of the business is still brand new but mm-hmm. instead of you know, like obsessing and refreshing my email list. Like, did I get a new subscriber or whatever? <laughs> it's maybe it's actually in meditation about the business. Maybe it's drawing, uh, doing an oracle spread about the business. My ultimate goal is to not have my white space be business focused yet, but it's it's a startup, it's brand new, it needs that energy, but it can be a different kind of energy, right? It can be a different kind of focus coming from a place of devotion instead of a place of determination. Eventually, what would I like to do? Well, we just bought a house in Mexico, so I wanna spend a lot more time
1: down there just
0: <laughs> sitting on a beach, that would be lovely.
1: That would be lovely
0: yeah and so maybe
1: address i'll meet you there
0: yeah welcome anytime so okay we bought this house in mexico my husband runs a scuba business and i would love to have retreats so it's not just purely from, right <laughs> there's always gonna be that um that side to me i'm never gonna get away from it fully no. right but um you know and then family time and then i'd love to be on the pto at my kids school a lot of us as women, and I know, again, you're passionate about this. We start our businesses in service Mm versus masculine. That's like started in the business for like self-fulfilling reasons. A lot of times it's like, okay, well I need to make money, but I also want to be at home with my kids or need to make money, but I also want this. But then as we've seen from the hustle culture messages of like, it has to be this way. We quickly get out of that and our business takes over.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. So And it, do, it attaches our success metrics, which yeah. are typically, you know, masculine, you know, how much money am I making? How it's many true. followers do I have? It attaches those vanity metrics to our egos, which mm-hmm. then is a contributor to the feelings of self-worth. And if you then choose to draw back and say like, oh, you know, I, we, uh, I just interviewed somebody who's like my father-in-law came to live with us. I had to take care of him. I had to cut my business in half. Mm-hmm. Like, or my time spent on my business doesn't necessarily mean that the revenue doesn't necessarily mean that the impact is cut in half, but your time gets limited. And therefore you're like, well, I'm not doing enough where the outreach might be the same, but you have to be more intentional. You have to be more strategic. You have to be like really focus in and be devoted to what matters. I'm choosing devoted in your terminology here.
0: (laughs) And I love what you just brought in because I think it also, there there can be shifts, but there also can be a redefinition, right? Mm-hmm. We have attached our definitions of success to these patriarchal capitalistic concepts that you're mentioning, achievement, productivity, outcome, money, right? But what if your definition of success was how many times you made your kiddo smile or how many times you and your partner um, had real connections on a date or weren't just like, had a, a conversation that wasn't just like, who's doing pick up and drop off. Right. Like <laughs> what if that was your measure of success. How connected you are, how in love you feel, how, um, how f- much you're sitting on a, a park bench and you're just watching the birds or whatever. Like right. what if that was your definition of success. And we can absolutely have businesses that feed us monetarily, that pay our bills, that give us the things that we want and need because we're still humans having a human experience and money is wonderful and feels really good when we get to spend it on the things we want to spend on. And also what else could be successful? Free time, art, love, connection, like any of that can also be a measure of success.
1: I kind of want to end it there, because I feel like that's such an important yeah. place to stop, which is like our definitions of success do not have to be quantitatively measured in productivity or revenue based terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So if people want to hear you talk about this more, find out more about rooted. Mm-hmm. Where do they go?
0: Yeah, so super easy, Rooted Feminine everywhere. So rootedfeminine.com, I have the Rooted Feminine podcast and then Rooted Feminine with an underscore on Instagram. I also have a quiz that can help you see like, again, what season of this are you in? Because everything feminine is a cycle. It's not a linear process. (laughs) So you might find yourself in this seasonal shift Um, and that you can find at rootedfeminine.com slash quiz. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with yeah, me. today. I appreciate
1: it so much.
0: Yeah, this is lovely.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the social slowdown podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or come on over to socialslowdown.com and sign up for our email list so you never miss an episode. We'd also love if you could write a review to help other small business owners find the show. You can head over to socialslowdown.com slash review or grab that link in our show notes for easy access. We'll be back soon with more tips to help you market your business without being beholden to social media. Talk to you then.